The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm asking you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 23. And I'm reading one verse of Scripture. Verse 46, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 46. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Can we read that again? When Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, what did he cry out? When he hung on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. The law had been fulfilled. The price of redemption had been paid. He said, it's finished. He didn't say it would be continued. So the works have already been done. So he cried out with a loud voice. And after he said it, it is finished, according to the Gospel of John, then Luke reports to us here that he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When a person breathed the last, they are pronounced clinically dead. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes on the subject, where did he go? Where did he go? The Apostle James says the body without the spirit is dead. That's how you know you're dead, when you don't have your spirit in your body. A lot of folk are spiritually dead because you don't have the Holy Spirit. But that's not what I'm talking about. But the body, when it separates itself from the spirit and the spirit separates itself from the body, James says, you're dead. Now, oftentimes when a sinful person dies, some will think and will even ask the question, where did that person go? Did they go to heaven or hell? Some of you have asked that same question. Did they go to heaven or did they go to hell? Well, the Bible clearly shows that Jesus bore our sins in his own body. He died for the just. He died as the just for the unjust. Is that right? And when he died, the question is, where did he go? Where did he go when he died? 
It's important to understand a few things before you can really answer that question. There's a lot of heresy, a lot of fantasies, and a lot of made-up beliefs that you hear taught and preached this weekend. I was just at a funeral the other day, and the preacher declared that the funeral was on a Thursday. The preacher declared that tomorrow's Friday we celebrate the res- I'm sorry, the crucifixion of Jesus. And then he had to think about that. Then he said that, and he rolls on, on Sunday. And then he had to somehow fit that three days and that three nights in there. And so he, his, position, his final position was, well, I don't care what anybody says. I believe he rose when he said he would. <laughs> now, how many of you have been living like that? My people are destroyed, God says, because of a lack of knowledge. The question is, when Jesus died, where did he go? If you want to understand where Jesus went, you first have to understand that you have to understand where did Jesus bear our sins? Where did he bear our sins? Now, the apostle Peter said, 1 Peter ch- chapter 2, verse 24, says he himself, speaking of Jesus, he bore our sins in his body on the tree. That we, being dead to sin, might live unto righteousness. I, I need you to understand what Peter said, because I, I still don't think y'all get this. See, a lot of people... In their minds, they think that Jesus died, he went to hell, and and there was a war going on between him and the devil. And and after he waged the war, he snatched the keys of death and hell from the devil, and, and, and he just crushed the head of the devil in hell. Well, that makes for a good Hollywood script, but it had nothing to do with the Bible. We need to know the truth. Jesus bore our sins on the cross. Any victory we have, any redemption we have, it was all won for us on the cross and not in hell. Not in hell. Jesus did not bear our sins in hell. He bore our sins on the cross. Peter says what he did for us, he did it on the cross. He did not fight and defeat the devil in hell. How could he? Don't get mad at me, nobody. I'm going to break it down for you, but don't get mad at me. How could he fight the devil in hell when the devil wasn't in hell? See, that's all a figment of your imagination. Couldn't have fought the devil in hell because the devil wasn't in hell when Jesus died on the cross. So where did he go? Some people say, well, Jesus died as a sinner. When he took upon our sins, he died as a sinner. And some people even will go a step further and say, well, you know what? He was spiritually dead. No, 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 beloved. Those are lies from the pit of hell. And hell does have a pit. I'll bring it out later. Huh? Jesus never ceased to be divine at any time during his eternal existence. Now, in the Apostle Creed that we recite 
after every communion service, there's a line in the Apostle Creed says that Jesus, he was dead and he descended into hell. And on the third day, he rose again. We need to have a better understanding about hell to know why Jesus descended into hell. He didn't descend into hell carrying our sins to hell. He didn't descend into hell to fight the devil on our behalf. He didn't descend into hell for those reasons. There were other reasons why he descended into hell for three days and three nights. Amen? What the Bible shows is that Jesus won our victory over sin on the cross. On the cross. On the cross. And if we're going to come to him and give our lives to him, we must first come to the foot of the cross where he bore our sins. Paul said it himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Paul says that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself and not counting our trespasses against us. When was God in Christ during a work of reconciliation. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself when Jesus died on the cross. God was in that. Then Paul goes on to say to the Corinthians in verse 21, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, he says, for he who was made sin for us, and that's where a lot of us get confused. Jesus was never made sin. Never made sin. If you look at the correct translation of that verse, it will read, He who became a sin offering for us. He didn't become a sinner. He became a sin offering. He became that perfect lamb, unblemished, that perfect, unblemished lamb of God. He became the manifestation of what John saw when he came to the baptism at the Jordan River. John saw Jesus coming, and John says, Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He became our sin offering, for he who knew no sin was made a sin offering for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that good news? So Jesus never became sin. God could never become sin. How could God become sin? I want you to think about that. Now, if Jesus became sin and Jesus died spiritually on the cross, then none of us could be saved. We'll all be lost because Jesus himself would need a redeemer. Jesus never stopped being the Son of God. He never stopped being God in the flesh. He never stopped. He simply bore our sins in his own body as the perfect sacrifice for sin. He became a sin offering. Is that right? How's God going to die? How's God going to die? God cannot die. God will never die. So he was made a sin offering. In fact, Paul told the Ephesians that he abolished. He abolished in his flesh. When he was on the cross, he abolished in his flesh the enmity between man and God, the hostility 
the opposition that man had towards God, Jesus abolished that, and he did it on the cross. It gets even better. When Paul spoke to the Colossians, he explained exactly what happened on the cross. It didn't happen in hell. It happened on the cross. Paul told the Colossians in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, Paul says that he spoiled, in other words, he disarmed principalities and powers. And he made a show of them openly, and he triumphed over them in it. What are you saying, Paul? Paul is saying when Jesus died on the cross, he was defeating the devil on our behalf. He was making, he disarmed the devil. He, he spoiled principalities of power. He disarmed the devil on the cross. He made a show of him openly. This is why he didn't come down off the cross. And he triumphed over them in it. Is that right? We must do, I should say undo. We got to undo all these mythological lies about the devil to really appreciate what Christ did for us. It's one thing when the devil lied to you, but it's, it's another thing when you lie to yourself. And we've been lying to ourselves about the devil. You know, Matthew chapter 25, the verse 41, Jesus clearly taught, he clearly said that the everlasting fires, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. I want you to understand that hell is a prepared place. It's a place prepared for the devil and his angels. Huh? So the devil is not in hell yet. The day Jesus died on the cross, the devil was not in hell. Don't you look at me like that. Job chapter 2. Remember in Job chapter 2, verse 1, there was a day when the sons of God, they came to present themselves unto the Lord. And Satan also came among them to present himself to the Lord. And the Lord asked Satan, from where are you coming from? Satan replied, from to and fro in the earth. Walking up and down it. Satan didn't say, I just got back from hell. You see, as long as you think the devil is in hell, the devil's going to have a hold on your life in some way, and in some area of your life, he's going to have a hold on you. So the devil didn't say to God, well, I just got back from hell. He says, no, I've, I've been walking to and fro through the earth, walking up and down it. Then Peter said, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, he walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The devil is here in the earth. The devil is here coming against your life. He's here in the earth coming against your marriage, your family, your home. He's coming against your job, your business. He's coming against all the affairs of life that concerns you. He is here coming against you. He's not in hell. Where do we get the idea that the devil was to hell what God is to heaven? You know, God sits on a throne in heaven, but the devil does not sit on a throne in hell. When he gets there, it's going to be too hot to do any sitting. 
How many hear what I'm saying? But we thought that. In the book of Revelation, this is the revelation that Jesus gave to John the Apostle. And in chapter 12, verse 9, John wrote these words based on what Jesus had told him. He says, that great dragon, that great dragon is cast out. That old serpent who is called the devil and Satan, he has been cast out. The one that deceives the whole world, he has been cast out and his angels have been cast out with him. Cast out where? Onto the earth. When Satan fell from heaven, he took one third of the angels with him. Those angels are now known as demons. They did not go to hell. They came to the realm of the earth. They came to the realm of the earth. Trying to answer the question, where did he go? Where did he go? Well, the Bible says very clearly that Jesus descended into Hades. Hades is the Greek word for hell. It's the New Testament word for hell. He descended into Hades. But here's what I need you to know about Hades. Hades at the time when Jesus was crucified and he died and he went to Hades, Hades was a place where all the dead lived. It was the region of the dead. And it had two compartments. It had two compartments. And, and both of these compartments was in the earth. There was a compartment called Abraham's bosom. It was a place of comfort. Then there was another place called Gehenna, which were the fires of hell. So the question is, when Jesus descended into Haiti. Where did he really go? If you consider the incident, he shared about the rich man and the beggar in Luke chapter 16. You'll see this very clearly. There was a beggar who died. And when this beggar died, he was carried off by the angels into, into paradise, into Abraham's bosom. But when the rich man died, Jesus said he would die, he was buried, and in hell he lifted his eyes in torment. Another thing I want you to know, when you die, your soul and your spirit travels together. Your body will be left here, but your soul and spirit will travel together. This rich man was, he died, he was buried. And he felt the torment of the flames in Gehenna. And he lifted his eyes. And he saw from afar, he saw Father Abraham. See, even Abraham was in Hades. But he was in the compartment of comfort called paradise. He saw Father Abraham. And he cried out, Father Abraham. He says, will you send Lazarus unto me? so that he might dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, for these flames are tormenting me. 
if the rich man in hell could see Abraham and could see those in Abraham's bosom, don't you see it was the same locale? They were all in the same place, but different departments. Remember, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Just like prisons are prepared for criminals. Do you know in prison, all prison cells are not the same? Some prison cells are called solitary confinement. Now let me back this up so you can really understand where I'm coming from. If I were to commit a crime and I would be arrested... I would be thrown in jail. And so Pastor Ron says, well, P Pastor Jerry's a pretty good guy. I'm going to go bail him out. So Pastor Ron comes to the jailhouse. He bails me out. They open the cell for me to walk out. And they say, okay, Pastor Ron, get in the cell. That's not the way it works. But that's what we think about Jesus. We think that when Jesus paid our bail so that when we didn't have to go to hell, he went to hell for us. It doesn't make sense. He went to hell for another purpose. He never went to hell and got near the fires of Gehenna. He never got near the flames of the fires of hell. But see, all the believing Old Testament saints, Adam, Eve, Noah, the sons of Noah, you, you know, all the prophets, all those that died in faith, they were there in paradise. They were there in Abraham's bosom. They were right there. So that's where Jesus went when he died on the cross. But let, now let me answer this more fully about where he went. You know, because his body was on the cross. He said, Father, until you my, your hands I commend my spirit. So where did his soul go? Where does his body go? Now this is a verse I shared the other night in Bible study from Matthew chapter 12 verse 38. The Pharisees wanted a sign from Jesus to prove if he were the Messiah. Jesus said to them, you will not receive a sign. Only an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. But no sign will be given unto you other than the sign of the prophet Jonah. The prophet Jonah, who were three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, that would be the only sign you receive. Jesus said, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus clearly told us it, his, his, his death and resurrection wouldn't be a weekend affair. He said it would be three days and three nights. Huh? And he says, if it's not three days and three nights, then I'm not the Messiah. But if it is three days and three nights, that's 72 hours, then I'm the Messiah. Is that right? So where did he go? Where did he go? When Jesus died on the cross, his spirit went to his heavenly father in heaven. His spirit, he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. His spirit went to the Father in heaven.
But his soul went to Hades along with the repentant thief. The one that, that thief that believed on Jesus, Jesus says, this day you will be with me in paradise. Not in heaven, paradise. Where was paradise? It was in the heart of the earth. It was in Hades, but just a different compartment. So Jesus and the thief, their soul went to Hades. And his body was laid in a rich man's tomb. That's where Jesus went. Huh? And what's so interesting about this is what David prophesied and what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. They preached that Jesus' spirit, soul, and body never suffered in hell. And that's the point I want to make. Jesus went to hell, but he never suffered in hell. He never fought the devil in hell. He never snatched the keys of death in hell. In hell. He never did none of that in hell. In fact, David prophesied, Psalm 16, verse 10, I believe, and Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, around verse 27. Peter preached, and David prophesied, and Peter's only preaching what David had prophesied. He says, you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your holy one to see corruption. So when Jesus died on the cross, there was no stench in his body. There was no rot. There was no rigor mortis. There was none of the stuff that would happen to your body or my body. Why? Because he never ceased being divine and the divine son of God for his entire existence. He never ceased being that. And if Jesus could down the cross, and for three days and three nights, be in the heart of the earth and, ra- and rise again. He died for our justification. Come on. He died for our justification and our redemption. But he was raised again for our sanctification and our power to live a renewed life. How can you not have faith in the one who said, I am the son of God. And I'll be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. But on that third day, I will rise again. And he rose again for us to triumph in victory. Every one of you have the victory. Every one of you have the victory. Glory to God. Glory to God. So in closing, let me say this. Jesus' spirit after the crucifixion and before the resurrection, was in the presence of God the whole time. There was no suffering going on for Jesus. He was in the presence of God. Huh? Why was he in the presence of God? He was there in the presence of God rejoicing that he had accomplished being the perfect sacrifice for man, the perfect sin offering for man. But the soul of Jesus... Again, along with the repentant thief, they descended into the heart of the earth. And that's the part of the Apostle Creed we we recite. That Jesus died and he ascended to hell, but he didn't descend to the fires of hell.
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.